Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. And my heart here at Kalamunda is that we would foster a sense of family, and, and, and in that, every sense of family. You know, families aren't perfect. Uh, So this won't be a perfect church. If you're looking for a perfect church, this is not the one for you. Uh, But this will be a family church, all generations. Amen? Amen. Uh, We're in this series, and that's why we're doing this series about what are we devoted to as a church? What is a healthy family devoted to? And you know, in a healthy family, one of the number one things that will make a healthy family is communication. Absolute communication. I'm talking this morning on about being devoted to prayer about communication in the life of a church, both vertically and horizontally, is of utmost importance. Amen? Prayer is so important. If you've got your Bibles, go to Leviticus chapter 6, because you've probably been reading Leviticus all morning anyway. And you're like, oh, Leviticus 6, I was just there. Uh, maybe you. And so Leviticus chapter 6, I love it. It's one of my, I, I can't remember if I've spoken on this before, but this is going to set the foundation for what I want to share this morning um, about being devoted to prayer. I hope you're ready. You got your seatbelts on? Cool. Here we go. Leviticus chapter 6 and verse 9 on the screen says, just think I'm reading a different translation here. So I'm reading from the um, the uh, New King James Version. It may be a little bit different. Uh, Command Aaron and his son saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be upon the hearth, upon the altar, all night until morning, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen trousers, and he shall put on his body, and take up the ash of the burnt offering, which the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments, put on the garments, and carry, put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it it shall not be put out and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning catch that every morning put wood on this altar and lay the burnt offering in it in order on it and he shall burn it the fat of the peace offerings verse 13 a fire shall always be burning on the altar it shall never go out more than three times there the Lord is really clear that this burnt offering altar is to have a fire on it and it shall never ever cease to burn and they kept that fire burning for hundreds and hundreds of years and it took maintenance but the person who started the fire was God he lit the fire they prepare they prepare the space and the place they prepare the sacrifice but it is God who ultimately lights the fire just like in salvation you had nothing to do with becoming a Christian it was not anything that you did to make it happen but you received the free gift of God in eternal life and God lights the fire and Excuse me, and puts the Holy Spirit in you. He does the work. But notice that this priest, this, this burnt offering, what it represented was the word devotion. That's why it caught my attention this week. It is the, it was about, the, the burnt offering was a sign of worship to God and devotion to God. And God said, the kind of devotion that I require from my people is a non-ceasing devotion. The fire that never goes out, the fire that never goes old. Never believe the old Christian that says to you, oh, you might be excited now, but this is just like the honeymoon period. Pfft, what a load of rubbish. A honeymoon period? God doesn't operate like that. He wants you to be more fired up the older you get. 
it should get increasing and increasing passion for Jesus, devotion to Jesus. But notice the, the, the priest, and we are all now priests before God. If you're a believer, he would have to do something. He would have to remove the ash every morning because, you know, we get ash in our life. We get build up. We get stuff happen. We get sin in our life. We get things that need removing. He'd have to clean it out and take it to a clean place. Praise God, we have the cross. Praise God, we have the gospel. You don't have to be perfect, but praise God that he has made a way where all the ash has gone to the clean place in Jesus Christ has done it for us. And then he put wood on the fire. And I liken that to prayer every day. Prayer is a necessity for the Christian. Prayer is not your optional extra. Prayer, if you're not praying, you're probably you're more closer to sin than ever before because prayer is not a suggestion. It's a command. Amen. We are to be it's so devoted. To, it should be one of the number one things. It should be the number one thing on your JDF as a Christian. Prayer. Communicating with God, being devoted to it like this priest would keep the, the fire burning. It would never, ever go out. And in Acts chapter 2, 42, which is our theme scripture on the next slide, it, we're talking about how the early church was devoted to these things. We looked at the, the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and now to, to prayer. They were devoted to prayer. And the word devoted could be used is you, sorry, in the Bible where, where Jesus, they got a boat for Jesus to teach in. The same word, devoted. This boat had a purpose. It was set apart for Jesus' use. For, uh, would you get that boat? Would you go and use it? It's devoted. It's, it's got a single purpose. And, and that's what these early Christians were devoted to prayer. And I don't want to be quick. I don't want to quickly go skip over this and get, it, get you thinking it's about your individual prayer life. It's about corporate prayer as well. Because in the context of this scripture in the book of Acts, they were devoted to prayer. And then when we go through the book of Acts, uh, we see that they prayed together, regularly together. It was community prayer. If we don't have people that we pray with regularly, we are not devoted to prayer. And that's why... Sundays are a great opportunity to be devoted to prayer, to be able to pray with your family, to be able to pray with your spiritual family. Notice, first thing I want to say about prayer before I get into some, some key areas to be how we, are, how we are to be devoted, is the purpose of prayer is not to get stuff from God. The purpose of prayer is to get God. It's communication. It's a two-way street. The purpose of prayer is relationship. There is an element, which you'll see in a moment, of prayer for sure, where it is about praying in faith and believing and receiving from God. Prayer is the, the, the trigger, the switch, the switch to get the lights on for sure. But essentially, prayer at its core is just getting God, just relating to God. It's how we relate to uh, in, in, a, in a relationship. If all I ever did was email Sky in our marriage, it wouldn't be a great relationship. Formal email. The only way we communicate from now on will be through email. Imagine that. But it's, it's, it's just being together. When I got married, I got Sky. I didn't get all the stuff that she gives me. I got her. She got me. And that is, that, that's what um, prayer with God is. You get him. There's nothing, it's, it's, it's it. It's awesome. And so I just want to set that as a precedent of understanding what it's about. But I want to talk about being devoted to prayer and challenge us in a few areas that I've got on the screen, a few key points if you're taking notes. 
um, because that's what I believe you're doing. I don't think you're on Instagram. I think you're taking notes, okay, on your phone. So it says this. The first point I've got this morning is uh, prayer. To be devoted to prayer is to make it a priority. It has to be a priority to a Christian. It has to be one of the most important things in your life. If, if someone was to follow you around for the last seven days, 24 hours a week, would they be able to say, man, that person is devoted, that Christian is devoted to prayer? Uh, prayer is not our last resort. It is our first response. Everything. Amen. Before we go to the doctor, we pray and we love doctors. We thank God that he's given them to us. But prayer is our first response, never our last resort. Prayer is not just on our knees at a certain time. Prayer, the Bible says, I mean, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. It's a bit like if I was to say to you, can you do me a favor this, this week? Can you breathe without ceasing, please? You'd be like... Okay, <laughs> I'll do that. Uh, breath, prayer is our spiritual breath. We, it's an involuntary function of our life because we are never out of relationship with God. Maybe our fellowship gets a bit up and down sometimes in terms of what's going on in our world and, and, and our confidence before God gets rocked by our own faults and our own flaws. Yes, but your relationship is always secure by the blood of Jesus. You have never not his son and then his daughter or not. And today I am, today I'm not. So you see relationship, you are always breathing. You're always in communion with God. Amen. Driving in the car arguing with your spouse, you're still in queue, everything, whatever's going on, good, bad and ugly, you are in relationship with God, but it should be our first priority. I love Daniel in the lion's den. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, see the only thing that the enemies could get against Daniel that they hated about him was his connection with God. And the enemy will target your connection with God Almighty. He will want to water it down. He'll want to get you distracted. He'll want to do, and, and so much so that the laws were changed on Daniel, that if you're caught praying to God, you're going in the lion's den. So what does he do? He went home to his upstairs room where the window, with the windows open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. Catch this last line. Just as he had done before. Daniel did not need a phone call from a doctor to get a good prayer life happening. Daniel did not need that bill in the mail or that news that loved one gave them to get an amazing prayer life, just as he'd done before. It was a priority that when the bills are paid, I pray three times a day, he said. When the kids are well and, not, and, and everything's going good, I still pray three times a day. It is a priority in my life because whether I'm going good or whether I'm going bad, I need my communion with God. It was his priority but Jesus himself modeled this and he often withdrew to be with his dad Jesus withdrew to be with his father if he needed to do that how much more us I know that we've got a saying in our house which we developed when our kids were, were, were a lot younger I might have said it before this this saying that we say and it's caught on but the problem with sayings and the problem with reciting things is they can get familiar amen so but we've got this saying it's what's the first thing we do every day and so we would say that when they were really little, when we get in the car, if we're going to school, if we were going anywhere, we'd say, what's the first thing we do every day? And we was pray, pray, you know, and now they say other silly things like, open your eyes, because, you know, anyway, <laughs> pray for me. <laughs> Breathe. No, we pray first. 
I remember I was going to um, that 10 years ago on the way Sunday morning to church and had, had not a very good morning. Unlike, you probably never relate to this. Me and Sky had had an argument before and we're trying, trying to come to church. Again, I know, it's probably just me. And so driving in the car and I, I went a bit earlier. We took separate cars and, uh, <laughs> and my oldest child came with me and I was not in the best space. And I just remember he was only very small, about five, and looked over and he goes, Dad, I said, what? He said, what's the first thing we do every day? <laughs> Yeah, thank you. And, and so it's a priority. It's, it's a spiritual breath. Uh, we need to always do it, number one, priority. Number two, we need a time. If you're devoted to prayer, you'll have a time to pray. A time to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, the Bible says three things that a believer should do. Uh, not suggested, but you should. It says when, because it uses the word when. When you pray, when you give, and when you fast. Three chords, three things in the Christian life. And so it's saying when means when is the time that you pray. All through the Bible, there was times of prayer. I'm not going to go through all the Old Testament and stuff, but there was a time of prayer. There was 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. prayer, we see. Um, even on the day of Pentecost, we see when, when, when the Holy Spirit came. You've got to catch this. He came when? On the day of Pentecost, 9 a.m. in the morning. Why? It wasn't just because that was random. It was the time of prayer. See, it's in that time when thing, God did things in the Bible where big supernatural stuff happened. It was often at the time of prayer because people were seeking God at that time. I want to tell you something. Here at Kalamunda, we have a 9 a.m. We have a time of prayer. And we have a, t- a service where you come together and we expect God to do things because he's, he, he knows that this is where we're together. The church gathered and we're praying. And, we're, and there's, you know, there's so much more power in this room when we gather together than when you're on your own. And so there is a time and he pours his spirit out. Acts chapter 3, it says that Peter and John were on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. Remember that story? And there was a lame man who was lame and he got healed when at the time, there was a specific time, but the power of God, again, we're not going to read into it and make it like some sort of law or God only rocks up at 9am. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is in your life, you need to develop a time that you pray. Again, we pray without ceasing, but do you have a, a time that you pray? Acts chapter 10 was the same thing, where, where the, the gospel come to the Gentiles. We are here because of the times of prayer that were in the book of Acts. I wonder what it looks like for your life if you, have a, if you could develop, and again, I'm not telling you what to do, I'm saying, but you just need a time to pray. Private prayer. When we pray in secret, Jesus said to pray, to go, to, to lock the door, to shut the door. What does he mean? He means get a time where it's just you and God and start to develop a private history with just you and him because that will be the foundation of your ministry. And yes, every person who calls himself a Christian is in full-time ministry. And your ministry will not go anywhere without times of prayer. With, the God, with God. I wonder if it's in the morning for you. I wonder if it's at night. I wonder if, you, you've de- if you've got something developed or today would be a great challenge to develop something in your life. It's an exciting challenge. It's so often the thing we think prayer are oh, boring. That sounds like boring, hard work. Prayer is your weapon against the enemy. Praying in the Spirit on all occasions with all types of prayers and requests is the last piece of the armour of God. And we need that weapon in our life, I heard the story, in a true story, of a preacher that said this about a guy that was in the Korean War, 
and they were, he was in the trenches of the war and one of the, his fellow soldiers was wounded and was dodging bullets uh, out, out in the war zone and he was in the trench and his commander said, look, we, we, we would be great if we could get him, but I don't expect anybody to get him because you are going into certain death. The moment you get out of this trench, you will get a bullet in your head. There's a certain death. He said, but if, if you want to, and this guy looked at his commander and said, yes, I will get him, but can I just do it in five minutes at 9 a.m.? And the commander looked at, back at him and said, okay, it's your life. <laughs> and he watched him, and as the story goes, once it clicked over 9 a.m., he got up and he ran towards this person and he's dodging bullets. And amazingly, the commander could not believe it. He picked him up and he dragged him back to the trench. And the commander just said, man, that was incredible. I can't believe you're still alive, but can I, I've got to ask you a question. Why did you wait till 9 a.m.? He goes, my mum prays every day at 9 a.m. for me. <laughs> true story. <laughs> and it's true, amen. I know that I'm here today from the prayers of people that have spent time praying for me. And we want to be a church that is praying for one another. What is your time? What is your secret place? Here at Kalamunda, there are opportunities for corporate prayer uh, weekly. There is people that will, and everyone's welcome to be on the balcony praying for this Sunday from around 7.30, 7.45. There are people just praying for this Sunday, praying for the service, praying for what God puts on their heart. Then on Sundays at 8.30, we now changed our debrief time for pre-service debrief is 8.30 here and and one of the leaders will run through what we're doing at 8.30 and then we'll pray and we'd love to see more people just come and pray. You don't have to be part of the team. Just come and break into groups and pray for our Sundays. Pray for our church. Monthly, we have a Tuesday nights uh, on the streets where we go and pray seven, around 7.15 on the first Tuesday of the month, generally speaking. And we walk the streets and we pray together. And this year we're changing that up a bit with other types of prayer services where it may be here for a time of prayer, it may be on, but it will still be with the focus of, of, of our community, praying for them. I've recently started trying to get back into running and so I've d- discovered it's exactly 5.8 kilometres to get to run to Mason and Bird and back uh, and not spill your coffee. And it's 5.8 kilometres. But you know, as I'm running, I'm just praying. I'm praying over this city. I'm, and, I'm, and when you do that, you fall in love with these people. Amen? Come on, these aren't just businesses. These just aren't people. These, this is God's mission for us. These schools, these families, these businesses, these marriages. And, and get out there and just pray, pray, pray. Blessing, blessing. And there's more opportunity all the time um, for prayer when we go into times which are not right now, but I want to give you a forecast. There'll be times for spiritual fasting and prayer as a church as we go into it, uh, into, especially going into a new budget season and a new financial year. And we're, we're, there's pray, we need prayer around all of that and aligning resources with vision. And, and, and next week, we're going to be looking at devoted to to, to, to giving, devoted to generosity, and I'm going to get a bit of an update to let you know where we're at as a church financially, how we're doing, so that you're uh, keenly aware of what's happening. Is that good? This, uh, this weekend, opportunity, if you're a man, to go and pray. Get Dave Meddling, wave your hand if you haven't met Dave. He's t- going down to the paddock for prayer with men, so f- feel free to see him for more. Need a time of prayer. Number three is you need a place of prayer. I love this point establishing a place. It says in Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, and all the morning people said, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place. Love that, where he prayed. If the Son of God had to get up and disconnect to connect with God, that's what he was doing. I've got to go somewhere where I disconnect 
from the pressures and the pulls and everything on me. I need to disconnect so I can now connect with God. And I'm a big believer in never making this a religious thing, amen? That, oh, Brad said, I've got to take a time and a place for prayer. No, I'm encouraging you. Be the Christian God's calling you to be. Make it a priority. Make it a, a, a time and, and develop a place where you go. Maybe it's somewhere, uh, again, that, that early morning walk. I remember me and Sky uh, <laughs> a few years ago and when we were on the farm at Gigi and I had a, a friend at the time zoning to see if he's here before I tell this story or not. I don't think he is. Anyway, <laughs> it's not a bad one. It's all good. Anyway, I said to him, I've been, I said, hey, um, I've been listening to this stuff about the power of the 4 a.m. starts. You know, every successful CEO, they start at 4 a.m. There's this really cool YouTube clip that really inspires you. I'm going to start at 4 a.m. I'm going to do it. So he's like, and he come, I told him about it. I said, you, you, you should start doing this. And I, he's thinking I was doing it, right? And he's like, and he's like oh, it comes back to me. If I've got to thank you for that. We've been getting up now. We start our day. We, we hold hands. We walk. He says, we watch the sun come up. He said, our whole weeks are just reoriented. This is so good. He goes, he goes, thank you so much for sharing it. And I thought, I should probably have a go at this. I've just made him do it. I said to Sky, we're going to get up and we're going to walk the paddock. You know, we were on this beautiful farm and we're going to start the day. If you're keen, please, let's try it. And we'd walk the paddock and watch the sunrise come up. And that was the best three mornings of our life. So you've got to develop a place that works for you. That just wasn't working for me and our marriage. <laughs> There's a story that um, the earliest African converts, when the gospel went to Africa, they were so devoted to prayer in Africa that they would actually have a place um, through um, through hills where they would go and they would have their own spot, these African Christians, and they would pray in their place. So much so that they would wear a path all the way there and, and the grass wouldn't grow on the path. And the true story is that what they would say if one of the brothers saw that someone's path was getting grass growing on it, there was, they would say, brother, the grass grows on your path. So I'm just here this morning to say, how's your path going? Is there grass growing on your prayer path? Are there other things getting distracted? Or are you developing a well-worn practice of prayer? Practice of prayer. You know, it can sometimes feel like it's, um, you know, it's, so for example, uh, it can sometimes feel like it's just dry. And I want to encourage you that that's the time to keep doing it. To keep doing it. I, I, I used to play a lot of cricket and I, I hated cricket training. Training is horrible. It's boring. It's stupid. But you've got to do it. And, and when you actually embrace the mundane, you get to experience the miraculous. Because you can't take that make that amazing cover drive, make that hundred runs if you don't embrace the mundane. And not prayer, even though it can feel mundane, I guarantee you if we stick at it, if we keep on it, if we keep going, we'll fall in love with God because it's a relationship, not a religion. And he wants us to embrace it no matter how we're feeling. Build your pathway. Young people, if you're looking for a, a God to lead you to the right partner, I read the, this week about Isaac and how he was praying. He was in a place of prayer. And the Bible says even before he finished praying, he saw Rebecca. You know, the answer was there. So come on, when you position yourself in prayer, God first, God will set up relationships in your life. Amen? Amen. Ah, where are we? Now, the place of prayer. Okay, the pattern of prayer. You're saying, well, I, I, I get what you're saying, Brad, and I'm passionate to develop a time and a place, but I, I still struggle with how. And, and if you haven't, that's really, I really want to help you to develop a pattern of prayer. And Jesus, in fact, 
gave us, and I'm going to run through it quickly, the Lord's Prayer. It's really not the Lord's Prayer, is it? Because Jesus never had to pray this prayer. He never prayed, forgive me of my sins. But the thing that strikes me is that of all the things that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them, of all the things, they, they saw his prayer life and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus then gives them this, this model of prayer. He says, he says, come when you pray. And I want to encourage you, if you develop this in your prayer life, come with this. It's not, a, it's not to be recited. See, so many people can recite the Lord's Prayer like the national anthem before a game. But who knows that you're not. And then they think, oh, that the, the national anthem's done. So now we'll get to the game. No, prayer is the game. Prayer is the game. Communing with God is what it's all about. It's not just to move it out of the way. And he says, when you come to God, he says, this is a pattern, not to recite, because we can recite it with vain repetition. Vain, Jesus warned, don't pray with vain repetition. He said, rather do this. He said, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. He said, come with praise. Start your prayer time, your devotion to prayer with an attitude of gratitude. And, and come because he is your Father. And that can be really hard for some of us in this room that don't have the greatest experience around the word Father. And I just want to, I can't do personally anything to heal that, but I know the one who can. He is the perfect Father in heaven. He loves you so much and he wants to give you the perfect picture where that you can come to him as dad and cry out as Abba Father, that he is actually a real protector, a real provider, a real person that will look after you. He is your father. And he says, when you come to him, come with this attitude of you're so thankful for my fathers. Oh, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed means that it is sacred. He is none like him. He is set apart. I don't know in your house if you ever. I grew up where we would have like the, the sacred china dishes. You know, there was the common ones that we use for just normal every day. You'd get out that plate and that. But there was the, the, these sacred china things only come out when special people came. They got their own little room. They got glass windows to look out of. They got their own little area. And, and if you ever had to carry them to the dishwashing machine, you would be very careful because they were hallowed. Come on, when you come to God, you, He's not just regular. He's not common. You come with this attitude. He is my Father in heaven, but He's also the God of the universe. Hallowed be His name means that you will not take His name in vain. Hallowed be His name means that you won't just Use his name flippantly. Take it in vain. Again, we often think that that's when you put it in a swear word. But to take God's name is vain is to treat it as common when it is to be hallowed. This is who we come to in prayer. This is why he deserves a time and a place. Amen? In our life. It says, hallowed be your name. Then it says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come with your priority. Is not Prayer is not to get what I want off of God. But devoted to prayer is to align with his kingdom agenda. And that is the context of the book of Acts when they're talking about devoted to prayer. In Acts chapter 4, when they came back and they came back to their own people. Remember that? You need your own people to pray with. And as they came back to their own people, they prayed scripture. And they prayed that God's will would be done. They prayed for his glory. They were praying, your kingdom come. Lord, I come to you today in prayer this morning. And I don't want my agenda fulfilled, but I want your agenda fulfilled today. And I'm submitting and surrendering. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And of course we are to pray for, for provision. But notice the percentage. So often we come with all about us. Or we don't come at all. And God's saying, 
I still want you to ask. I had a friend that once said to me, I don't ask for things from God in prayer, Brad. I said, really? He says, no, he already knows what I need. And I said, that sounds really spiritual, but not very biblical. (laughs) And I said, God may know what you need, but like any good dad, he wants you to trust him. And your prayer is verbalizing your trust that you can trust him to give you what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. When this was written, bread was an essential, yeah? Bread was every meal for the Jewish people. Bread, give us today our daily bread. And God wants you to know that he is your provider. That you come with a pattern of, I'm trusting you, God. For today, give us our daily bread. When I pray that, I I let that lead me and say, Lord, I need your provision today in this relationship. I need your provision today in this decision. I need your provision today in this meeting. I need your provision today for my family. Lord, Lord, we've, we've we've got this bill, whatever it is. Lord, we're trusting you. Give us this day. But notice, this day, our daily bread. It's pretty easy, really, in our affluent world and our society to pray this. But imagine if you really were praying, give me today, my daily bread because I have got nothing I don't know where it's coming from and there are people praying this prayer literally in the world today and we are the answer to some of their prayers amen but I can certainly relate to getting up in on a morning not recently praise God so it's okay and going Lord give me today my daily mental capacity to function I am depleted I need you today, Lord. I'm so empty. I'm so depleted emotionally and I need your daily bread. So we're coming to him to say, today, Lord, just, you know the saying, one day at a time, it it really, if you've been through some stuff in life, you really understand that is a real saying. And there are people that are maybe right now living that in your zone one day at a time. And this is a church we want to love and care and say, hey, maybe the provision is in this building. Maybe the support, the prayer, the love that you need. It says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have uh, sinned against us. Uh, we, we pray for pardon. It, it is so good to... Um, when, it's so good when uh, everyone in the house always has a shower every day. You notice the ones that don't, Amen. Notice the people that don't have a shower for a few days, starts to smell a bit. And that that we come before God going, you know, I need forgiveness. You know, there's sins of commission where we commit sins, but there's also sins of omission where we, we haven't done. So whenever, if you say you're without sin, 1 John says you're a liar. We all need God's fresh forgiveness and praying daily, Lord, I just, I pray it a little bit different just for for. for for you to take note I, I i don't say so much lord forgive me for this this and this unless there is specific things bring it to my heart lord shine your light on me but i i come from this angle i say thank you lord today that i am forgiven of all my sins and therefore i'm empowered to forgive anyone who sins against me because freely i have received freely i have given forgiven people will be forgiving people It's biblical because when you have received forgiveness you don't go well they don't deserve it because i know i didn't deserve it and so I need to forgive. And not to forgive is like me drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. But we need to forgive. Forgiveness is for you, for your healing, for your life. And God doesn't want you to go one day with any root of bitterness rising up from within you. Then it, it finishes with the power and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray protection over our lives. I pray every day for my family, for my kids, for protection over them. Lord, that you would be with them, that you would, they would know your love, your presence. And, and, pray, and, and we pray that over our church. Amen. 
that the evil one would not have his way in Kalamunda Church, but that we would be guarded by the power of God. So there is a pattern to pray, a pattern to pray. I hope that can encourage you and equip you and empower you a little bit with maybe a starting point. There's many other prayers I was going to look at out of the scriptures, but for time's sake, I just encourage you to look into the the Ian prayers, they call them, Ephesians, the Ians, the Colossians, and there's prayers in there to pray scripture. One of the most powerful things you can do to God is pray his word back to him. When we're praying God's word back to him, he honors his word. Some people say God moves in mysterious ways. Well, maybe, maybe not, but God does move according to his word. And when you pray his word back to him, you're praying with power we need to pray last i've got no more points so that's all the p points and uh the p points are done but um so the last screen i just want to encourage us with this scripture as the worship team get ready to come back up is uh i haven't had a drink of this i asked for it didn't drink it and then we're gonna we're gonna pray it's one thing to talk about prayer and it's another thing to engage in prayer and that's really what it is all about here that And so my last sort of point is to challenge you, um, in your prayer life, wherever it's at, develop the practice, and again, it's not a point, but to pray out loud. I really passionately mean this, that when you start to pray out loud, Jesus said, when, when they said, teach us to pray, Jesus answered back to them and said, when you pray, say. That's the exact word. He said, say, speak out loud. If you struggle to pray with other people publicly, it just means you need to practice privately praying out loud. The more you pray out loud privately, the more confident you'll become to pray for people publicly. And God is calling us to that, no matter what our personality type, that we could sit with somebody and pray for one another and pray for that person. But when we pray out loud, it's powerful. We need to pray. We need our kids to hear the voice of our our voice praying prayers so they hear that. We need the next generation to hear us praying. We need our spouse to hear us praying. We need the people around us to know that we pray. I remember uh, when... uh, when I was sheep shearing full time and, and a couple of us Christians in the group, one guy got so fired up for prayer. He said, Brad, we're going to start praying. I get emotional thinking about it. He said, we're going to start praying for these shearers, this shearing team. And every morning he said, meet, let's meet down at the Oval. So my dad and him would meet before work very early and they would start calling out the names of the shearers, who they'd be working with and out loud and praying for them, developing this so that today something would happen. See, God wants to hear your voice. Faith is voice activated. And when you pray, I read a statistic uh, from this week that said one out of two, and it's probably gone up now because it's, it's an older one, one. We all know that one out of two marriages end in divorce. 50% end in divorce. A guy called Jimmy Evans did a study about marriages that pray together. Catch this. One out of 2,000 marriages that pray together end in divorce. One out of 2,000 that pray together end in divorce. One out of two, generally speaking, this is Christians and non-Christians. And so I want to encourage us, are we praying together? Are we praying with our, in our marriage? Are we praying with our kids? Is it the priority of our life or has other things crept in? Jesus said again, this last scripture I've got on the screen. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And to the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. He said that in the context of prayer. It's one thing to ask. That's sort of the the starting point. You ask somebody, you might say to that 
person in the restaurant, can I please have a menu? It's one thing to seek. It's when you realize they're not actually hearing you and you're going to have to go and get the menu yourself. It's one thing to knock in prayer. And God wants us to develop, especially in our corporate prayer times, a practice of knocking. And what knocking is, is it's more aggressive in the right sense of that word. It's taking God at His word. It's when you know that you're praying for something that is God's will. And I tell you what, I love that. When I know it's God's will because I've seen it in His word, I will knock until that door opens. I will knock and knock for that healing. I will knock and knock for that salvation. It is God's will that all come to repentance. So this is where I want to leave us. Could I challenge us as a church to be a church that knocks for the salvation of souls in this city? That we'd be so outward focused in our prayers, not just all about us, but we're praying for the kingdom advancement. We're going to pray for people to come to know Jesus. Would you bow with me? just want to give a moment for you to respond to the Holy Spirit in your heart and your life. Father, today, we just thank you for this communion we have with you, this thing called prayer. Lord, we thank you that even though all religions have some form of prayer and a holy book, where ours is founded on a risen Lord. And I want to say that the reason prayer is different for a Christian, a born-again Christian, is because our Lord is alive. He rose from the dead and we have a living communication. Right now, He wants to speak to you. He wants to say something of you, to you. Holy Spirit, would you drop those words into our hearts, into our lives? Into our hearts and lives, Lord. Today, give us boldness in prayer. And just while we're in that attitude of prayer, we're going to have a a closing song. And then during that song or after that song, when Beck closes the service off we again we always open the altars for prayer to come forward i call it an altar because god might want to alter something in your life you might want to shift a direction but you might just need prayer for comfort this morning you might need prayer for joy for peace whatever it is i want to encourage you come and our prayer team it doesn't need to be me i'm no more powerful than anybody else in this room it's the same spirit in every person i don't need to pray for every person but come and receive prayer Come and receive prayer. I've also got it on my heart. If there's healing, if you need healing in your body, uh, mind, will, or emotions, uh, we've got some anointing oil this morning. We could anoint, we'd love to anoint you with oil and pray for healing over you. If that's something that's on your heart, it just come on my heart this week. So I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And before I close off, as we're in the attitude of prayer, if anybody here this morning has, does not have a relationship with Jesus, you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never given your heart to Him, Right now, while every head is bowed and eyes closed, I want to encourage you to do one thing, to stand up and say, Brad, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to turn from my sin and follow him. I need forgiveness. If that's you, would you stand up so I can pray with you? Any person at all that doesn't know Christ, give you that opportunity just to respond right now. Cool, cool. Why don't we stand together? As I hand back, I'm going to pray a prayer, sealing this as we stand. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We receive your word into our hearts. We are thankful for the seed, Lord. I thank you for it it to fall into good soil. I pray that this word that has come forth, Lord, in my own life included, preaching to myself, that it would bear fruit, that it would germinate and that it would grow and that would bear fruit of a private history of a prayer life with you personally and us as a church, that prayer would be our priority, Father God. Lord, that we'd be devoted to prayer, not just in saying it, but in doing it, Lord, in our life. 
I pray a blessing over every person here today, Lord. And as we open these altars up, I thank you for a safe uh, a place and an open space to come and receive prayer. Lord, we just commit everything to you. We thank you for what happened on Friday night and for the wonderful things you're doing in ministry there that we've testified and heard before church this morning. Lord, just overflow, not just on the young people, but every age, Lord. We just say thank you. Holy Spirit, come and minister. And everyone with faith said...